Let's get ready to rumble. We interrupt this program for breaking news. Breaking news. The reviews are in on the narratives podcast on iTunes. <clears throat> we have um, a few reviews here. Uh, an average rating of five stars. Wow. By five people. Wow. Five stars, five people. Hey. Yeah. Um, you were the five stars. So here we go. Seven out of ten. Five stars. Out of five. Don't really understand the logic there. But by, uh, <laughs> Seven by, out of ten. Five stars, though. Yeah. By Huggable Lizard King. March 16th, 2018. Wood Nut 2 again. That's an outstanding review. Thank you, Huggable Lizard King. We hope you're masturbating right now. Yeah. Are you a Huggable I, if you're I a lizard? I don't know if, if I should have said that. Yeah. Those words came out of my mouth. Faster than I could prevent them. <laughs> Breaking news, Brendan's being arrested and hauled out of the studio. Uh, there we go. Another 5 out of 5 star. Um, HJ Chugged Egg. Yes. Says, all caps, why aren't people listening to them? I think he's trying to start a revolution. Uh, another review, also, we, we did some research on HJ Chugged Egg. She gave it a 5 out of 5 stars to um, Tree, Tree World. World. And with the awesome. review of, Hi, Megan! I love this game. It's so easy to play, and the animals were cute and fun to take care of. I wish it was easier to get tree food. I uh, wish it was easier to get tree food. Anyway, now that that's out of the way, uh, here we go. I want to learn a, more about tree food. An episode about uh, Country Guy, nicknamed, really named, John Fogarty. John Fogarty. John Fogarty? Lead singer of the band Credence Clearwater Revival. Heckin' heck, I knew I recognized that name. You <laughs> <laughs> look like a newsie who just got his first newspaper. Extra, extra! Heckin' heck! <laughs> He's not really a country band, though. He is. CCR? CCR's a country band. I don't know. According to Wikipedia. I don't know, it's kind of so, like soft rock. Here, let me read the quick summary here. John Fogarty was born May 28th, 1945, is an American music musician, is American music, is an American musician, singer, and songwriter, together with Doug Clifford, Stu Cook, and his brother Tom Fogarty. Yeah, Tom Fogarty, his brother. He founded the band Credence Clearwater Revival. I actually read about this, yeah. For which he was the lead singer, lead guitarist, and principal songwriter. I know a lot about these people. The group had nine top ten singles and eight Heckin'. gold albums between yeah. 1968 and 1972. Good band. And he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1993. Wow! See? Rock and Roll. You know, country singers don't go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know. I guess I was wrong. Yep. I thought, When you said country singer, I thought you were thinking of more like... like um. Oh, yeah. Genres. Roots, rock, rock and roll, country rock. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, country rock. Like... I We're guess. both right. Okay, fine. <laughs> Keep going. I'm ready. So let's jump into his early life. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. Everyone, stop <laughs> masturbating. Jump in. <laughs> <laughs> Calm no, down. No, I'm not the only one who said Chug it. Chugged egg? Stop. Ooh. No, that's the wrong one. Uh, it's Lizard King. Chugged egg. Keep on going. Chugged egg. Sorry, I tried to stop you, Chugged egg. <laughs> so Fogarty was born in Berkeley, California, and grew up in El Sarito, California. One of five sons to be born to Galen Robert. Okay, hold on. Galen Robert. <laughs> I think you said one of five sons to be born from a gay man. <laughs> to like... be born from gay Robert. Galen Robert yeah, and that's, that's Edith fine. Lucille Fogarty. Yep. His father, Galen, 
was a native of South Dakota and worked as a linotype operator for the Berkeley Gazette. Now, what is a linotype? A linotype? A linotype machine... Is it like a newspaper machine? Is a line-casting machine using uh, printing. yes. A line-caster. You know how it is when you have to, all those lines to cast? Yeah. Because you're fishing out there? Yeah. No, I don't think there's fishing involved, but... Worked as a linotype operator for the Berkeley Gazette... Okay. Lucille Fogarty was from Great Falls, Montana. Ah. And when John was two years old, his parents both converted to Catholicism. Ah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> they didn't, like, convert to, like, they didn't, like, ascend. Ah. That ah was so, ah. That was scary. <laughs> they converted. You scared me. Bye. <laughs> okay. He first attended a Catholic school in Berkeley named the School of the Madeline, or Madeline. In his memoir, Fortunate Son, Fogarty was... That's a memoir? That's what his autobiography is called, Fortunate Son. Oh, okay, no, I was like, the song? And I leave. Yeah, he just wrote the song in a book. Like, Good biography. <laughs> Fogarty was critical of the school, saying he was not permitted to go to the bathroom when he asked, and frequently wet himself in the classroom, and was forced what a to wimp. in wet clothing. Oh, that's it's nasty. After one year, he... Should have done what I did. I threatened to pee in the garbage can, and they got me right out of there. It, was, it worked hecka good. I've never heard That was in story. grade four. Yeah. In grade four, I was like, can I go to the bathroom? And they're like, no. And I'm like, I'm just going to go in the garbage can then. And I walked over to the garbage can, unzipped my pants, and the, the teacher was like, you can go. You can go. I never gotta, had problems. I'm going to start using that now. I don't yeah. know if it'll go over so well now that I'm older, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so after one year, he was enrolled in nearby Harding Grammar School. In Fogarty's book, he stated that his parents were alcoholics and ah. that they divorced when he was in the third or fourth grade. Catholicism. Thanks, Catholicism. <laughs> he later attended St. Mary's High School, then transferred to El Centro High School, or El Cerrito High School, mm. where he met the other future members of CCR and took guitar lessons from Berkeley Folk Festival creator and producer Barry Oliver. The only reason I'm laughing is because one of his band members is his brother. Yeah. So I just imagine like he met his brother for the first time at school. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Who's your mama? Me too. Fogarty had an older brother, Tom, who was a guitarist and Mm. bandmate in the group that became CCR. Fogarty spent summer vacations at Puta Creek (laughs) or Puta Creek near Winters, California, which... (laughs) Sorry. Which became the sus- which became the subject of one of their songs, Green River. Wow. It's a good song. It's, that's a song. So 1959 to 67, The Gollywogs and Military Service. Oh yeah, their first band name was The Gollywogs. I forgot about that. The Gollywogs. Which <laughs> I wish it still was. I don't know. Well, in junior high school in 1959, Fogarty formed a cover band with bassist Stu Cook and drummer Doug Clifford called The Blue Velvets. I thought those were the Gollywogs. Oh, yeah, they changed names like three times. Blue Velvets, Gollywogs, and then... The band was inspired by rock and roll pioneers, especially Little Richard and Bo Diddley. Ah, yeah. Later, Fogarty's brother Tom joined the group. In 1964, the band was signed to Fantasy Records, a record executive for the record company, without the band's knowledge or approval. What? Changed the band's name from the Blue Velvets to the Gollywogs. (laughs) What the fuck? So they were like, Blue Velvet, and he was like, nah. Gollywoggy guys. Without their approval. <laughs> he didn't even tell them first. He was like, all right, you're going to have a great show. I just imagine By going the way, out. the Gollywogs now. The, going out and being like, uh, hello, Springfield. It's us, the Blue Velvets. And everyone's like, I thought we were here to see the Gollywogs. And they're like, 
What? <laughs> that's yeah. That's probably what happened. Um, the group rec recorded seven singles that were not commercially successful. Dang it. After that, Fogarty <laughs> receives his draft notice for military service. Dang it! During the Vietnam War in 1966. Double dang it. But that same day, he went to a local army reserve recruiter who signed him up immediately. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember him. He went that. to go sign up, and then he gets home, and he's got a draft notice. And he's like, oh, well. Double. Double in. <laughs> Where was I? Lost my place. You suck. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> he went to local army reserve, and he signed up immediately. Fogarty was grateful believed the recruiter predated the paperwork to take effect before the draft letter arrived. Hmm. He served during his time in the army at Fort Bragg, Fort Knox, and Fort Lee. I bet nobody got in there. Dang Fort Knox. So he's in there from 1967, and he's discharged. No, he gets discharged in 1967, sorry. Yeah. Fogarty was discharged from the Army in July 1967. In the same year, the band changed its name to Credence Clearwater Revival. Kawabunga, my dude. Which is a cool man, guys. At this time, he took his brother's place as lead singer for the band. By 1968, things started to pick up for the band, and the band released their eponymous debut album, and also had their first hit single, <laughs> Suzy Q. It's a good one, I like Suzy Q. Many other hit singles and albums followed, beginning with Proud Mary and the album Bayou Country. Oh. Hard to say that without a Bayou. twang in there. Bayou Country. Down on Bayou. Over in the swamp. Yow <laughs> did not get copyrighted. No. <laughs> Fogarty, as writer of songs for the band, as well as lead singer and lead guitarist, felt that his musical opinions should count for more than those others. Yeah, he's kind of a bitch. <laughs> These internal riffs and Tom's feeling that he was being taken for granted caused Tom to leave the group in 1971. Mm. The two other group members, Stu Cook and Doug Clifford, wanted a greater role in the band's future. Fogarty, in an attempt to keep things together, insisted that Cook and Clifford share equal songwriting and vocal time on what became the band's final album, Mardi Gras, released in April 1972, which included the band's last two sing singles, the 1971 hit <laughs> Sweet Hitchhiker and Someday Never Comes, which barely made it into the Billboard Top 20. The signals. <laughs> Their top signals. <laughs> Left. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sick, by the way, so my throat might just spew muck. Don't worry, buddy. <laughs> spew muck. <laughs> oh, God, what the fuck help? Okay. I have found peace now. I may continue. Cook and Clifford told Fogarty that the fans would not accept Mardi Gras as CCRLP. I don't know what the LP is. What does LP stand for, by the way? I've been confused about it. Licensed prostitute. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like LP albums are really big. So, I don't know. Legally. I'll Google that. You, you keep going. Yeah. He would not accept Mardi Gras as CCRLP, but he said, My voice is a unique instrument, and I will not <laughs> lend it to your songs. He gave them an ultimatum. Either they would do it, or he would quit immediately. Oh. They accepted his ultimatum, but the album received poor reviews. It was a commercial success, however, peaking at number 12 and achieving gold record status. Oh, okay. It generated weaker sales than their previous albums. The group disbanded shortly afterwards. 
The only reunion of all four original members was at Tom Fogarty's wedding in 1980. Fogarty, Doug, and Stu played a 45-minute set at their 20th class reunion in 1983, wow. and Fogarty and Doug were reunited again for a brief set at their 25th class reunion. So now we're getting into a solo career, which, which is just as good as CCR, honestly. Oh, I think LP record just is, it's like um, it's kind of like Looking... having it sold as a record kind of thing. Mm. It's like almost as a, a disc. Mm. It says an LP is an analog sound storage medium or like a vinyl oh, record. Okay. So like, listen. So CCR is coming to an end. Bye. Fogarty begins working on a solo a solo album. <laughs> solo <laughs> on a solo album of country and western covers on which he produced, arranged, and played all of the instruments. Ah, wow. Despite... <laughs> wow, good for him. Wow. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. Despite the solo nature of the recordings, however, Fogarty elected. Oh, this is actually one of my favorite ones. Fogarty elected to credit the album to the Blue Ridge Rangers, a band of which he was only a member. Oh, the only member, sorry. He was the only member. Of the Rangers? So he just made up a band name for himself. Oh. <laughs> Instead of just going by John Fogarty, he's like, we're the Blue Ridge Rangers. It's me and me. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> All of us. His live performances must have been... Hold on, let me, look, I do this thing here, and then um, I also do this, and then hold on, I go to the drums, and then it sounds way better when it's all together, trust me. Trust me, hold on. (laughs) Alright, here's a 45 minute drum solo. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you like it. (laughs) What is that, the Epinonymous, the Blue Ridge Rangers? Yeah. The Epinonymous, the Blue Ridge Rangers, was released in 1973. It spun off the top 20 hit, Jambala. As well as a lesser heard hit. Why'd you have to say it like that? Jambala. <laughs> Jambala, as well as a lesser hit in Heart of Stone. Fogarty, Heart of Stone is like... Uh, I never heard it. You've never heard Heart of Stone? No. I think Heart of Stone is is way more famous than than um the other one that you said. Jambala. Jambala. Yeah. Or Jambala. <laughs> I don't think Which is way that. worse. <laughs> Fogarty is still using the Blue Ridge Rangers name then released a self-penned rock and roll single, You Don't Owe Me, slash Back in the Hills. Oh, I'm thinking of the Rolling Stones' Heart of Stone. Sorry. And that was a commercial Different flop. Song. You Don't Owe Me and Back in the Hills were commercial flops. All right. Failing to make it to the Hot 100 in the U.S. <laughs> the Hot 100. The Thick 100. Yeah. Fogarty thereafter abandoned the Blue Ridge Rangers' identity and then released all his subsequent work under his own name. The Rangers is disbanded. No, I'm I'm really torn up about it. His subsequent work under his own name. In okay. early 1974, Fogarty released "Coming Down the Road," backed with the instrument instrumental "Ricochet." His first solo album, John Fogarty, was released in 19. 19- I'm John Fogarty. This is John Fogarty. Special musical guest John Fogarty. <laughs> Not the Blue Rage Rangers. <laughs> Don't even say those words or I'll beat the f- shit out of you. His first official solo album, John Fogarty, yep. was released in 1975. Sales were slim and legal problems delayed a follow-up, though it yielded Rockin' All Over the World, a number 27 hit for Fogarty in the United States. 1977, British boogie rockers' status <laughs> quo 
recorded their version of Rockin' All Over the World, which became a huge hit and made the song world famous. <laughs> so a cover made it more famous? Than yeah. That happens all the time. Poor gay. Status Quo played it at the opening of the 1985 Live Aid commercial. Yeah, that actually happened to uh, Sondheim with his... Um... He his send in the clowns because mm, um, Barbara Streisand Barbara Streisand did it and uh, I think it was Sinatra yeah Sinatra Maybe. did it too and they did radio performances of it but then they credited Sondheim these guys I don't think sounded like they didn't credit I doubt it <laughs> 1976 Fogarty finished an album called Hoodoo a single uh, You Got the Magic backed with Evil Thing preceded the album's release but it performed poorly poor guy alert. The album, for which covers had already been printed, was rejected by Asylum Records a couple of weeks before its scheduled release, and Fogarty agreed that it was not up to his usual high standards. <laughs> Poor guy, alert. Fogarty told Asylum Records to destroy the master tapes. Destroy. <laughs> Execute <laughs> Order, Order 66. <laughs> destroy the master tapes for Hoodoo sometime in the 1980s. So Hoodoo, not a good... Oh, here's one of his mm, good times now. 85 to 97, his best best. <laughs> After a multi-year hiatus from the music industry, Fogarty's solo career reemerged in 1985's Center Field. Yeah. His first album for Warner Brothers Records, which took over co-ownership of Asylum's contract with Fogarty. <laughs> Center Field went to the top of the charts and included a top ten hit in The Old Man Down the Road. The title track is frequently played on classic rock radio and at baseball games to this day. But that album was not without its legal snags. Oh no. Snaggy guy. No! The snag coming. (laughs) Snag or no snagging. (laughs) Two songs on the album. Zons Can't Dance and (laughs) Mr. Greed. Can you please... Zons Can't Dance. Oh, okay. That's actually what it says. Okay, fine. And Mr. Greed were believed to be attacks on Fogarty's former boss at Fantasy Records, <laughs> Sal Zantz. with music, he know. And his name was Sal Zantz, so Zantz can't dance. Yeah. He, he knew what he was doing. He used his music attack, he activated his trap card, he laid down. The song was apparently about a pig who couldn't dance, but would steal your money. <laughs> <laughs> boogie guy! Hey, boogie guy! Here he comes! It's Boogie guy! Oh, that's so good. When when Zantz responded with a lawsuit, Fogarty issued a revision of Vans Can't Dance, changing the lead character's name to Vans. Ah, yes, as clearly people who wear Vans aren't good dancers. No. Another lawsuit claimed that the old man down the road shared the same chorus as Run Through the Jungle. Fogarty ultimately won his lawsuit, though. Okay. And when he proved that the two songs were wholly distinct compositions... (laughs) Fogarty then countersued for attorney fees. After losing in the Ninth Circuit Court Appeals... Why does it sound like it's a fucking race? The Ninth Circuit! They're coming He's around! Coming Fogarty. Uh, Fogarty! Fogarty won his case with the U.S. Supreme Court, which ruled, that a tr- which ruled that a trial court had discretion in awarding fees to defendants or plaintiffs. Okay. Poor guy. He's not a very good life so far. He's, he's had a couple good hits, though. On May 31st, 1985, Fogarty filmed a one-hour music and interview special for Showtime called John Fogarty's All-Stars. Showtime. (laughs) (laughs) Cough. Bless you. Cough, cough, cough. The set list consisted of R&B tunes from the 1960s, as well as material from 
the center field LP, and the new song No Love in You, written by Michael Anderson. <laughs> Look here, you shook your head. No Love in You! No Love! Written by Michael Anderson, which Fogarty found on the Text Tones debut album Midnight Mission. The Text Tones? Like, What's when you get a, a tone from a text? <laughs> yeah, like your phone last episode. <laughs> oh, okay. And he later recorded with Text Tones band leader Carla Olson. John Fogarty's All Stars was recorded in front of an audience of Warner Brothers music employees and other invited guests at A&M Records on La Brea, La Brea, in Hollywood, California. The band included Albert Lee, Booker T. Jones, Duck Dunn, <laughs> Duck Dunn, Steve Douglas, and Prairie Prince, amongst others. Oh, okay. The follow-up album to Center Field was Eye of the Zombie. In 1986. <laughs> I've never heard of that album. No, it sounds like a Rob Zombie yeah, album. that's immediately what I thought of. And it was significantly less successful than its predecessor. Fogarty toured behind the album, but he refused to play any of the Creedence Clearwater material. Oh. Which are his best stuff, questionably. Eye of the Zombie took on a darker mood, talking about a troubled society, terrorism, and pop stars selling out. For over 20 years after the Eye of the Zombie tour ended in late 1986, Fogarty refused to play material from the album in concert. Oh. However, Change in the Weather was included in the set list for his 2009 tour, and it was even re-recorded for that year's solo release. So, not a good? Or good? That was a Blue Ridge Rangers song. Oh. That he re-recorded. So, good? Yeah, it's good for him. Cause oh, he, yeah. He re-recorded it, and people were like, Good dinner! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for no music. <laughs> Even though this one's old and stale, we accept. <laughs> oh, it's so familiar to me. <laughs> Fogarty played Credence material again at a concert in Washington. Sorry. <laughs> Just imagining you being there at dinner, and they feed you, and you go, thank you, even though it's old and stale. I accept your food offering. <laughs> I cannot diss food. It is good food. I actually eat very well. Okay. Please do not attack me. I'm sorry. You just the way no. you said that. I know. <laughs> it's a pretty fun image. It's like a <laughs> loaf of bread with like mold all over it. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> sorry. It is my day of lucky. I have been given bread mold. Yay! Extra protein. Oh God, where was I? I lost you. Fogarty played CCR material again at a concert in Washington, D.C. for Vietnam vets that took place on July 4th, 1987. Fortunate. Oh. Yeah. The show... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bitchy, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I voice crack too, so... The show was aired on HBO. Ooh. Aside from a guest appearance at the Palomino and performance at the 1986 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony... This was the first time Fogarty had performed any CCR revival songs for a long time, for uh -huh. a large audience. Since 1972. <laughs> Credence Clearwater Revival. Revival. <laughs> yeah, I messed up. I noticed. <laughs> Reviving the revival. <laughs> Double negative question mark? I don't know. It's like like a, a, a he... game thing? Where you... you like oh, yeah. The person that, that revives you. Yeah. Like, there's someone who else can revive, and they revive the person that revives you, yeah. so they're, like, double backup. Yes, this is important. We, yeah. we must discuss double-double reviving. So May 27th, 1989, he played a set of CCR material at the Oakland Coliseum for the Concert Against AIDS. His back... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I had something, but I didn't... His backing band that night consisted of Jerry Garcia and Bob Weir on guitars... 
Randy Jackson on bass, and Steve Jordan on drums. I mean, the good thing is that he's the lead singer, and so it's going to sound like them, because all the rest of the, the instrumentalists can just play with... Like, it's, oh, it's way easier to copy an instrument huh. than it is to, to copy a voice. Like, after Axl Rose left uh, Guns N' Roses, mm. it fell apart because they tried to get... Um, a bunch of people to mimic him. Uh, after the uh, ACDC guy, main main ACDC guy, what's his name? Angus. Uh, whatever he, Axl Rose actually went to ACDC because they kind of sound similar, but it, like it fell apart. You know what's weird? The concert against AIDS I was talking about in yeah. 1990, Tom Fogarty died of AIDS. Oh, spoiler alert! At the age of 48. Oh. <laughs> Brendan just left. He's too triggered mm. to continue. But no, that's the next paragraph. That's not a spoiler. <laughs> That's what happens next you don't in his read ahead. So he, Tom Fogarty dies of AIDS, specifically from a <laughs> tuberculosis infection, at the age of 48, having contracted HIV from blood transfusion for back alignments. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't that weird? Wow. I thought it was like, he knew he had AIDS kind of thing. No. But that's, that he, sucks. He was just like, yeah. You have to get surgery and then like... They, I guess back then they didn't really test it all that much. No. They just kind of took your word for it. That's like but, the beginning. But because of reasons like yeah. that, and you had to... Ugh. Fogarty has mentioned that the darkest moments in his life were when his brother took the record company's side in their royalties dispute, ugh. and the fact that when his brother died, the two of them were not speaking to each other. In the eulogy he delivered at Tom's funeral, he said, We wanted to grow up and be musicians. I guess we achieved half of that, becoming rock and roll stars... We didn't necessarily grow up. <laughs> Rock and roll stars never grow up. <laughs> and then a, a man in a big bird costume came on stage and started singing, <laughs> singing Rainbow Connection. Connection. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Oh, a lot yeah. of funeral talk. <laughs> Fogarty traveled to Mississippi in 1990 for inspiration and visited the gravesite of blues legend Robert Johnson. Mm. According to him, while there, he had the realization that Robert Johnson was the true spiritual owner of his own songs. What? No matter what businessman owned the rights to them. And thus, Fogarty decided to start making a new album and to perform his old Credence material regularly in concert. So this is his brother? No, Blues Legend. What? I'm confused. He went I thought we to just talked about his... I thought he died. His brother died. And now he went to Mississippi after, and oh. he went to the So grave. this is Tom Fogarty. This is... John Fogarty now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Tom okay. Fogarty ghost. Yeah. Not right. present. Yeah, so okay. he goes to Mississippi, he visits this guy's grave, and he's like, you know what, I owe everything to you. I'm going to write songs specifically for you, even though you're dead. <laughs> okay, yeah. And it was the at this time visiting the cemetery at Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church Cemetery that Fogarty met Skip Henderson, a oh. New Jersey vintage guitar dealer. <laughs> guitar dealer. <laughs> who had formed a non-profit corporation for the Mount Zion Memorial Fund to honor Johnson with a memorial marker. Fogarty subsequently founded... Oh, sorry. Fogarty subsequently funded headstones for the Charlie Patton, James Son Thomas, Mississippi Joe Calicut, Eugene Powell, Lionel Pitchford, and helped with financial arrangements for numerous others. Hmm. CCR was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1993, Fogarty refused to perform with his former bandmates and fellow inductees Stu Cook and Doug Clifford during the musical portion of the induction ceremony. Why? Being a dick? I guess they were kind of a dick to him, but... Mm. Mm. In place of the surviving members of CCR, 
Fogarty recruited session musicians on drums and bass and was also joined by Bruce Springsteen and Robbie Robertson in performing of these three songs. Who Will Stop the Rain? Good, good. Born on the Bayou? Many good. And Green River, which is okay. I'm not a... During the induction speech, Springsteen said, As a songwriter, only a few did as much in three minutes as John Fogarty. What? The hell does that mean? He was an Old Testament, shaggy-haired prophet, a fatalist. <laughs> Funny, too. He was severe. He was precise. He said what he had to say and got it out there. All right. Fair enough. 1997. Fogarty returned to the commercial music industry in 1997 with Blue Moon Swamp. The layoff between Zombie and Swamp had been longer than his mid-1970s to mid-1980s break. The album was much more successful than Zombie and won the Grammy for Best Rock Album in 1997. That's cool. Hmm. A live album named Premonition of equally successful Blue Moon Swamp Tour was released to the similar acclaim and good sales in 1998. October 1st, 1998, Fogarty's honored with a star on Hollywood Walk of Fame. His star is located at 7000 Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> That is... That's one big number. Yeah. I don't know if that means anything, but that's one big number. In 2004, Fogarty released Deja Vu all over again. Deja Vu. Deja all over Deja again. No. <laughs> Although DreamWorks Records, which had taken over distribution of Fogarty's Warner catalog, Rolling Stone wrote, quote, The title track is Fogarty's indictment of the Iraq War as another Vietnam, a senseless squandering of American lives and power. Hmm? I can't tell if that's bad or good. It's bad. Oh, okay. He's basically like, just doing Vietnam all over again. It's useless. <laughs> Squandering over live and power. Oh, squ okay. No, man. On the album, Fogarty squeezed ten songs into, into only 34 minutes. <clears throat> okay. The sale of Fantasy Records that's... to Concord Records in 2004 ended the 30-year estrangement between Fogarty between Fogarty and his former label. I mean, that's not bad. It's like three, three and a half minutes per song. Yeah, that's a good length. I don't know. In 2004, ended the 30-year estrangement between Fogarty and his former label. Yeah. As the new owners took steps to restore royalty rights. I'm gonna take steps, okay? <laughs> Fogarty had given, had given up to be released from his contract with Fantasy in the mid-1970s. Mm -hmm. September 2005... Fogarty returned to Fantasy Records, made possible when DreamWorks Records' non-country music unit was absorbed by Giffen Records, which dropped Fogarty but continued to distribute his earlier solo albums. The first album released under the new Fantasy contract was The Long Road Home, a compilation CD combining his CCR hits with solo material. It's kind of cool, I want that CD. A live CD and concert DVD were released the following year. So now Fogarty's touring schedule increases all over again, after Deja Vu all over again. In October... <laughs> Sneaky guy. <laughs> I feel like I'm being interrogated. You just, like, move the mic slowly towards my face. I get I'm looking down, so that probably Ow. does not... Yeah, that's what I was, I was realizing. <clears throat> Fogarty! Sorry, I won't scream into the microphone. Welcome to the uh, Fogarty Podcast. Uh, no! Beck! Yeah. Devil! Oh, God, I just got goosebumps. Don't do that. In October 2004, Fogarty appeared on the Vote for Change tour. Coming uh, up. 
Fogarty appeared on the Vote for Change tour, playing seven of the concerts in the U.S. swing states. Swing state. Ohio. A swing state. That's a joke that nobody will get. Adam's Family Musical. Check it out. Don't. (laughs) Do never plug a thing on this show. Yeah. We're not getting paid for that advertisement. He also appeared... Oh my god, this is amazing. He also appeared in a Christmas special video announced by the Australian children's group The Wiggles. Yay. I... I want to see it. Fogarty toured with John Mellencamp in the summer of 2005. John Mellencamp's fun. And with Willie Nelson in the summer of 2006. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Harsh. Willie Nelson right now. On June 26th, or sorry, on June 29th, 2006, he played his first headlining British concert since 1972. At, whoop. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what happened. <laughs> at the Hammersmith Apollo Theatre in London as part of the European leg of the tour. During that leg, he also performed in Sundsvall, Sweden, where 25,000 people came to see him perform at the town square. On Thanksgiving Day of 2006, Fogarty performed at halftime in the Miami Dolphins-Detroit Lions game, as well as at the Denver Broncos-Kansas City Chiefs halftime later that evening. How are we doing for time? We're good? We're good. Yeah, you can see it right there. I mean... Yeah, yep. <laughs> Fogarty, Sorry. I can see That was salty. <laughs> you can see it. Use your eyes. If it was a snake, it'd bite you. That's what my grandma says all the time. Sorry. Alrighty. <laughs> Had to do a grandma plug. Thanks, Graham Grams. Graham Grams? I don't think I've ever called her that. I... You're being called Graham Grams now. I've met your grandma. You've never heard you call her Graham Grams. Fogarty was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2005. Wow, look at you go. On June 23, 2007, Fogarty appeared at Glattensbury Festival, playing an hour-long set of... Don't you say that in the New Zealander accent? Glattensbury? Glattensbury Festival? Yeah. I I was trying to go Scottish, but my mind was like, no. Introducing... I'm sorry, he was playing mainly CCR classics, introducing Who Will Stop the Rain... Fogarty said he did not perform it at Woodstock, as was rumored, but wrote the song inspired by the event. Revival was released, sorry, the album Revival, and my thing just scrolled all the way to the bottom for no reason. There we go. Nope, there we not. <laughs> Are you good? It scrolled all the way down. I clicked one and it was like, gone. <laughs> Revival is released on October 2nd, 2007, heavily promoted by the label, Revival debuted at number 14 on the U.S. Billboard Top 200 chart, with sales about 65,000 copies in its first week. That's not bad. That is not bad. Revival was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Rock Album of 2008, but he lost to the Foo Fighters. Uh Uh-huh. Foo Fighters win every time. No, not really. (laughs) I was like, do you just hate these guys? No. Death to CCR. CCR is great. I love CCR. And Fogarty himself is a great musician. I mean, there's two Fogartys that we're talking about here. I, I lost... Whenever I say Fogarty, I'm referring to John. Okay. But John dead. No, he's not. Tom's dead. Uh, <sighs> fool. I thought Tom was the writer. No. That makes... Okay. John. See, we're discussing John Fogarty. I thought there was like a baton pass thing that happened, but now I'm... No, he died. There was no baton. There was yeah. a grave. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I thought Tom was the writer, but then Tom died. John was always the writer. It's not like he died and he was like, all right, mate, tap out. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> I thought he was like, shit, my brother died. I'll just keep doing his stuff. No. No. Yeah. Never mind. Where I am. Who know? <laughs> I did it again. Thank you, Ged. So Revival's released, yeah, top two, yeah. February 10th, 2008, 
Fogarty appeared with Jerry Lee Lewis and Little Richard on the Grammy Awards show. Along with these rock icons and his regular touring band, he played his ultra-rare 1973 single, Coming Down the Road. Oh, I got a shiny card of that one. I love how it says, he played his ultra-rare, in brackets, according to whom? <laughs> 1973 single, Coming Down the Road. I don't road. know, that, that seems like someone made an edit, and then it was like a... Yeah. Coming Down the Road, leading into Lewis and Richard's performance of Great Balls of Fire and Good Golly Miss Molly, respectively. <laughs> respectively, Good Golly Miss Molly. Yeah, alright. March 16th, 2008, Fogarty kicked off an Australian tour. Okay, never mind. On March... <laughs> he kicked off an Australian. Out of here, you damn yeah, Ringo. Yeah, he kicked off the Australians. <laughs> Get out of here. March 22nd, Point Nespin, Australia. Huh? Point Nespin, Nippin? Nippin? There's no S. Nippin, Point Nippin. Yeah, there you go. Australia. Surprise guest Keith Urban joined Fogarty on stage, performing two songs, Broken Down Cowboy... Uh, Fogarty's newest album, Revival, and Cotton Fields from CCR's album, Willie and the Poor Boys. <laughs> that seems very questionable, yeah, the racial integrity of that rage. one there. Please do not be not good. Sip, sip. Mm. I have a sore throat. I needed water. Be silenced. On June 24th... What? Uh, you're just, like, staring solemnly at the distance. <laughs> like, please end. <laughs> no, I'm just... Uh... On June 24th, 2008, Fogarty made a return to the Royal Albert Hall, a venue he last played with CCR in 1971. It was the last concert on his 2008 European tour. The concert was filmed, causing staging problems that were what? annoying to some fans, oh, okay. and was released in 2009. That was probably because they did like a crane thing and then it just went in front of the entire... There's probably like a cameraman that just like ran in front of the audience. <laughs> yeah. April like 16th. Doing a song, and then there's just a cameraman in the face, and like in his guitar, and people are trying to watch. 2009, Fogarty performed his hit song Center Field from the album Center Field on the new Yankee Stadium at Center its Field. opening day. Oh, okay. Center Field from the album Center Field in yeah. Center, Center Field. Field. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. My mom likes that song a lot. I used to play baseball, and she'd plug it. Plug mom. Oh, wait. You already, <laughs> you already plugged Grandma. So <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Gotta find it again. Why do you keep doing this? It's scroll bottom. You are I upset you. You fired. <laughs> July you are second, off the on island. On July 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, 2009, Fogarty performed... <laughs> the mic just like... The album... Or, sorry, no. The album? <laughs> or Mike's The album. record level was just like... Ah. <laughs> like, went down to 20. Because <laughs> you just screamed into it. On July 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, 2009, Fogarty performed with the Los Angeles Philharmonic at the Hollywood Bowl, which was completely sold out for these shows. Though billed as Fogarty with the L.A. Philharmonic, the orchestra began the night with music by U.S. composers, and Fogarty and his band came on after intermission, playing only three songs with his orchestra. Plunked. That seems kind of weird. 2009, Fogarty releases The Blue Ridge Rangers Ride Again. Holy heck and heck, we're back, baby. <laughs> that was his quote, yeah. Holy heck and heck, we're back again. A sequel, 1973 solo debut to The Blue Ridge Rangers. Uh, the album know. includes a duet with Bruce Springsteen on the 1960 Everly Brothers classic, When Will I Be Loved? 
Hill. In addition to Don Henley and Timothy B. Schmidt of the Eagles, singing with Fogarty on a cover of Ricky Nelson's 1972 classic Garden Party. Mm. That's awesome. Garden Party. Good, good dinner. The album was first issued on Fogarty's own label, Fortunate Son Records, which is distributed by the Verve Forecast Records, unit of Universal Music Group, which also handled Fogarty's CCR Fantasy Catalog. In 2009, Fogarty appeared at Madison Square Garden for the first night of the celebratory 25th anniversary Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concerts. Bruce Springsteen, with the E Street Band, called Fogarty out to play three songs with them. The songs were Fortunate Son was the first song, followed by Proud Mary, and finally the duo tried their take on Roy Orbison's Pretty Woman. The show aired as a four-hour special on HBO on November 29, 2009. Also in 2009, Fogarty released the Royal Albert Hall DVD entitled Coming Down the Road, named after his 1973 single, which he performed at his concert. Fogarty is also nominated for a Grammy Award at the 2010 Grammys, and he was nominated for Best Rock Solo Vocal Performance Grammy for the song Change in the Weather. What? Which he recorded again. What? Which he recorded for the Blue Ridge Rangers right again. I look over and you're going, ah! <laughs> Just yawning. You were mid-yawn. I'm like, are you ascending? <laughs> Looking like the final scene of the friggin' Indiana Jones and the Ark of the Covenant or whatever. The most recent thing he has done is in September 2017, Fogarty signed a new record contract with BMG, which will cover an upcoming album as well as his solo catalog. That's not out yet? No, that was last year that he did that, so oh. I mean... Alright, is that it? Um, as for his personal life, he married Martha Pays in 1965, and they had three children before divorcing in 1970. Pays good. He met Julie Kramer in 1986 while on tour in Indian- Indianapolis, Indiana, and they married in Elkhart, Indiana on April 20th, 1991. The wedding ceremony was conducted by Reverend Philip P. Morgan... Wow. Kramer had a more on that guy. Yay, Philip Morgan. Yay. Kramer had a daughter from the previous marriage, and Julie and John Fogarty have two sons and daughters. As of 2009, they live in Beverly Hills, California. That's it. And that's that's John Fogarty. John Fogarty done. Pretty good guy. I love him. Yeah, that's pretty good. I got confused a little bit there, but I, I'm good now. Yeah, I wish there was copyright so I could actually play some of his stuff. Yeah, but that's how we are. Anyway, good, that is a good. That was um, that was John Fogarty, everyone. Leave more iTunes comments. Yeah, let's, let's read more of that. That was, that was fun. <laughs> Would not do again iTunes yeah. comments. Thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> Those were great. Makes me feel proud. Yeah. Of what kind of content we're putting out there. Yeah, you know, it's it's. Nice the first little while, we I was kind of like, I don't know if this is any good. If people are liking this, and yeah, like, we're trying to listen through it. But yeah, people are listening. So that's good. Especially the one who's the one Huggle or is that Chug Dig who uh, also likes Tree World? Yeah, Ch- Chug Dig. Chug Dig. I don't know who you are, man, but keep on keeping keep, on. Keep chugging those eggs. Yeah, keep them. What are yeah. you, Rocky? Just chugging those eggs. Uh, so for the next next um, next episode, I will be talking about... That was very loud. Thank you. That was <laughs> a very loud cup placement. Thank you. There's going to be... It's going to be a, a two-person, two another two people. Ooh. Some of these people... Um, there's not a lot on their life, so we I just, I just crammed them together, but I thought it would be cool to talk about them. There are two cooks... They are chefarinos. Horn the front Swedish chef. I wish. Backstory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
I I was just um yeah, it's the rando season. I can't so even... to close it off, I, I was gonna do another musician, but we just did like three musicians. I can name like been... four cooks total. The, these guys are, are fun. They're fun cooks. I, I watch the cooking channel a lot because I'm Oh a, I'm a nerd. Also teaches you how to cook. But what? Guys... Wait a minute. The cooking channel teaches you how to cook? Yeah. These two guys are I think they're good. Guys? Yeah. They're two guys. Okay, two men. Yeah, two men. They're cooks. Not really like similar, but they are similar, yeah. <laughs> not similar, but also similar. Yeah. Like as in they don't work together or anything. They're not like linked mm. as through their work. Alright. So these that, that's that's what we're looking at. Well, you can listen to us on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud. And you can also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, the uh, Instagram, Instagram and, and uh, uh, the Void. The Void, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say Tumblr for a second. Oh <laughs> never. I don't I don't know. We will never stoop to those lows. It's a good way to get listeners. Well, you do it then. If you if you found us on Tumblr, <laughs> sorry. Uh, whoops. <laughs> I hate your whole community, Tumblr. I went uh, on there for two days, and all I saw was like weird porn. <laughs> Not even a joke. <laughs> I was like, oh, here's a TV show I like. Did you mean fanfic? No. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's where you can listen to us. Check us out on all those places. And, uh, Keep listening. Please, keep... never shut us off. Have us playing every... Fall asleep to the podcast. Yeah, That's we're coming up to the end of the season, and it's getting exciting. Oh, well, we play. are. Yeah, are we, we only we have... have... the big finale coming up soon. Yeah, we got five more episodes. Ooh. Five more episodes. I only got two more people to talk about. The, the one that I just hinted at, the next guy. How many do after I? After that. You got two more as well. Huh. And then we have our finale. And Which, then uh, yeah, after we this, already have a big finale. we'll um, we'll be doing uh, videos alongside, so you yep. can watch us if you if you care on YouTube. We'll Season also be two, doing we'll some movie commentary, hopefully. Some startups on some. Uh, we've been wanting to do some other other stuff. So yeah, other stuff. So many specifics. Yeah, well, just the, I don't I don't want to promise yeah, anything I don't before. Do it either. Yep. So anyway, that's us. That's where we're we're going. We're Thank the guys. you guys. <laughs> that lined up really weird. I said thank you guys, and you said we're the guys, and it was like we're, we're the, the guys. <laughs> we are the thanks. <laughs> More iTunes comments, yeah, or Google Play comments Google Play, if you can yeah. even leave them. Yeah, can you? Let's check. Stall. Know. Why? <laughs> I want to see if you can leave comments. Oh, whatever. Fine. Bye. I don't think you can. It's uh, I don't know. We're we're uh, heading out. So we're, we're going to be leaving here. If you guys want to keep listening, yeah, check us out. Listen up. Don't forget to view our older podcast episodes, too. Oh, yeah, do that. So check out our, right our other ones. And if you're, if you're just listening to this one. So thank you all. Bye, peasants. I mean, loyal listeners. Help. Yeah, don't, don't insult them like that. Good night. No!